Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Stan Simpkins, and from my partner, Lonnie Shambi, welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. We'd like to first start by thanking the many of you who've been with us it's just giving us great positive feedback and really some good ideas, I might say. And if you're new to our podcast, please be sure to listen to our previous podcasts and subscribe to our future sessions so you're automatically notified when a new one comes out. You can just listen to short snippets at a time if you want while driving or relaxing and just pick up wherever you left off. And of course, you can always refresh yourself just by listening to the very brief episode summaries that we have at the end of each podcast or just read the summary shown on our website. Today... Stan's going to bring us something that you don't read or see much about in the myriad of seminars and webinars and even other podcasts. It's about you, more specifically your personality. No, I don't mean whether you're an extrovert or an introvert or a jerk with a bad humor, kind of like Stan and I could be at different times. No, it goes way beyond that. It's about whether your natural personality and the traits that impact how you function are your friend, your positive traits, or your foe, your negative traits. Now, this isn't going to be some Dr. Phil session, at least Stan promises that will not be, but you all have to agree that everybody has both positive and negative traits in their personality makeup. The real key is knowing what they are and how to best leverage your positive traits to overcome or minimize your negative ones. Now, I'm going to say this at the outset. I'm a skeptic when it comes to this stuff. I think sometimes it's just kind of like, oh, who's making this shit up? So Stan's going to have to convince me today that this makes a great deal of sense. Stan? Get me out of this hole that I just dug for myself. <laughs> I can handle that challenge, Lonnie, but don't be so hard on yourself because it's not as complex or Ouija board oriented as you kind of allude here. So let me ask you a simple question. Well, wait, wait, wait. You're not going to bring out the Ouija board? Only if I have disappointed. To, only to wrap your knuckles. That's the only thing I'll use it for. So, but you've done that before, so it's not new to you. Yes, exactly. So, so sister let me ask you a question. Yeah, you know, your sister Cecilia. So I want to ask you a question, Lonnie, and I'll pose it to our listeners here. And just answer this question. Have you ever thought or said to yourself, what the hell? Do I got to be a psychologist to run my business in response to the myriad of frustration sources you get dealing with the people? 
And of course, the answer is, you know, you have. I can't think of an owner who hasn't said that or thought it. And so that's my point. If we are more aware of ourselves and how we're kind of made up naturally and how the people around us that we interact with are made up, know your customer, know your enemy, if you will, know your friends, then you understand the importance of knowing people's personality traits. Because the reality is, it's not that we're trying to do that to manipulate them, it's to understand how we can better get them to be ready to listen to us, these preconceived mindsets and their emotional reactions to us. I'm not here today to talk about whether you should use X, Y, or Z personality profile sources, if you will, to do that. But just for you to think about, as we've said in many sessions, top of mind awareness, just being more aware. Lonnie, you love talking about sales. Tell me, besides all the research you do on their website, you don't get to understand the personality of the people you're interacting with, hopefully, before you even have to interact with them. Talk to me about that for a second. Well, I mean, first off, we only got about 20 minutes to give some insights. So this is not going to be a deep dive that we're going to end up with people on the couch and whatever. But I think some of this stuff that you're going to talk about, because I've seen it and I've heard about it, and I've heard you speak about it, can be put to use almost immediately. However, you would be advised to do some additional reading to go from informed knowledge to implementable expertise. But remember, I'm a skeptic. So Stan, convince me. All right. So let me give you a real live example. So I had this telemarketing client, actually telesales. They were actually selling subscriptions over the phone. And this guy, he went to Babson College, great school, marketing major. He had all the knowledge he needed, yet he was constantly frustrated running his company. He was never able to get it past the 20 people he had. And when I got to really know him, I said to myself, this guy, he wants people to love him. He's great in sale, selling. People love him. Wonderful person. I go up and guide a little bit. But his own worst enemy because he was a people pleaser to the point where his opinion was based upon the last person he spoke with and how the influence is born of What I call lifo management. Yeah. And as I could do him, I said, you know what? You're not the guy really to be the CEO of this company because your people are working is what they're doing. They know exactly how to influence you and move them their way. And you're going back and forth and back and forth. And it's confusing and frustrating people. You stay in sales. We need to get you, in effect, a better CEO. And he understood that and accepted. And frankly, he was relieved because he didn't realize his personality was wonderfully suited. We'll go down those traits of what that looks like rather than for sales, great, not necessarily for leading the company in terms of making the hard decisions and having a self-directed frame of mind. As we said several weeks back, his people had learned to manage up. They managed him. He didn't manage them. Exactly. Now, the contrary, I'll give you the other example, Lonnie. So you take the contrary. I mentioned in the previous podcast, a client of mine, a woman-owned business, and she would catch them doing something wrong, if you will. Remember that one? Yes. She just- Wagging finger, wagging finger. Her, her raison d'etre was finding the mistakes and beating up the guilty. She was the ultimate perfectionist reformer personality type. There are actually nine personality types. We're not going to get real deep today. We're not here to teach the psychology, but to know- There are really nine, Stan? Nine? There are nine, yep. And that's the good news. The bad news, if you're going to learn as well, and that's why we're not going to try to teach it today, nor are we suggesting you have to become an expert. Just be aware they have their common traits. For example, I mentioned this lady, 
And so the perfection performer, their traits on the positive side are they're responsible, they're dependable, they're conscientious, they have high moral and ethical character, they're self-reliant. What a great person. Well, yeah, but on the other side, you want to kill them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me talk about the classic example, her limiting traits. Now, those same qualities, which we just described, you can imagine how much you'd like to hire somebody like that. On the downside, when not really managed properly, when they're expressing themselves in a negative way sometimes they're unrealistic they're beating people up for really way over expectations they must think and do things just right a certain way that's the micromanager person and they're really overly critical you remind me now of a client i have now who basically micromanages everything and he has a weekly meeting that it's kind of like people just roll their eyes with it And because he's this perfectionist, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. But that's what you're saying to We might have one amongst us who's that person. Just Excuse me? Candid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stan, I mean, this is a little heavy, a little theoretical. How do you make it a useful tool? All right. I mentioned earlier that the telemarketing client, his positive traits was he's receptive, open to different points of view. In this case, too many points of view. He manages conflict, not by really managing it well, but by kind of yielding. So people kind of like that he's not confrontational that way. They kind of think he's agreeing with them. He's easy going. Service owner loves to help people. Positive attitude towards everyone. Positive attitude towards anyone, frankly. But the downside as a leader, what works against them is he was indifferent, ambivalent. And that's more important word than even indifferent. He was ambivalent. You go back and forth. And of course, you hit him in the right mood with the right words. Then he would see your way until the next person. I might add. Could he make a decision, Stan? Sure. Absolutely. Made decisions all the time. The problem is they didn't last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. You talking about, You think we do revisions on our podcast. You should see the revisions on his decisions. <laughs> He's constantly changing his point of view. He can't make a firm decision to stick with it beyond God knows how long. Very difficult for him to hold himself and others accountable. That was a big one. He really didn't hold people accountable. You talked about a couple of them. Do you have others? Because people will recognize their spouses, their friends, their coworkers, in stuff that you say, why don't you give us a couple of examples, a couple more? Well, you mean like personality types? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you have the achiever performer, again, could be one amongst us here, <laughs> who's nah. success-driven, they're really oriented to whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do. They're efficient, they're ambitious, and they're really focused. And their driver is simple, just to succeed. Now, to do that, they're positive traits that drive them there are that are adaptable, they're self-motivated, and they're self-assured. Like many of you in the audience, I'm sure you can relate to this. The point here is in the 20 minutes or so we can talk about, we're not going to try to teach you everything there is. And if you really want to get reference sources, just pop us an email at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com, and we'll give you several reference sources. If you're interested in learning and reading it, great. For those of you who don't, that's okay. For those of you who've had all you're going to need after this podcast, that's fine. Just create awareness and look inside yourself and say, where is it that I'm encountering problems in my dynamic with people? And do I see a pattern? And see if you can understand that. Stan, it's all about what you've been saying from the very beginning. It's all about top of mind awareness. 
It's being able to understand what the person is that you're dealing with across the table, whether that's a customer, an employee, a supplier. So, Helani, you know, you've talked about one of your clients that's been driving you nuts, abusing your time, even abusing you at times verbally in terms of their expectations and their feelings about the work that's being produced. How would you describe the personality type if you had to? Do you see a pattern anywhere? Oh, uh, no question. No question. Stan, it's one of these control freaks. And the interesting thing is he's not a perfectionist because he really believes that good is good enough not perfection, on the one hand. On the other, he thinks good is good enough across 500 different things. He has a wingspan beyond description. The problem is he never gets anything done. But would you describe his attitudes about perfection as absolutely that way when it comes to other people's work, but not his own? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's how he judges people how they get stuff done. And then it's also, he's much more a high-level guy than he is down at the base level of where the business is. So now that you know him, if you had had the opportunity to know his personality characteristics, if you will, do you think you would take him on as a client? No. No, I wouldn't. Because, in fact, from my standpoint, he has one foot out the door. Because it's kind of like, no, I don't want the aggravation. I'm at the point where I don't need to take clients on like that. So it's now, it's either he fixes himself or I fix him. I fix him by saying goodbye. Because he ain't going to fix himself. But you see, the important thing is this. I will cut my losses. Move forward, find another client, but whatever. But that's an important thing now. So... It's good because what you're doing here, Stan, is giving people an opportunity to be able to put people in a box. I hate doing that, but you are. I mean, you're saying this is what they are, and there are nine different characteristics. Tell us a little bit more about maybe some other kinds of personality characteristics. So I'm glad you mentioned putting people in a box. And I understand why you said that. But let me say that what we're talking about really isn't about putting people in a box or even giving them labels. Because the more you learn about this topic, and I'll just mention a book called Understand the Enneagram. I'll just say that. One of the author's last name is Risso, J. Richard Risso. You can look it up. But it's deep stuff. I'm not about to say everybody should go learn this anymore. I'm going to recommend you go learn how to do your income taxes yourself. You're going to become a CPA on your own for yourself. I'm saying respect how important this topic is in being a resource to you to avoid traps, to know when maybe not to engage with somebody or better yet how to engage with them in a way that's more productive for both parties. It's not about manipulating people based upon their traits. So you have talked about, Lonnie, how important culture is. So if you can get passionate about that topic, you can probably, once you really learn all the things that there are behind here, get as passionate. So understand your customer and what they're made of. Imagine if you knew what kind of customer it is. If you knew they were this perfectionist type, you'd be talking and describing all the things you could about what you're doing in a way would help them feel that they'll have, in effect, a perfect solution if there is such a thing, rather than leaving them thinking ambiguously about, well, how's this really going to be right for me? 
I mean, I hope that we're past that. Yeah. Yes. From a cultural standpoint, absolutely. And what you just triggered there is a thought about hiring for culture and as opposed to hiring for the position, because you always know that they're going to fill the position. You want to hire for culture. And before we explore that, because I've got some questions for you, let's take a listen to a important message. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. So imagine a recruiter tells you, hey, I've got a candidate who's a real high achiever. Should that turn me off or should I get excited? How do I hire for culture, Stan? That's the important thing. Well, obviously, if you got a great camaraderie team spirit going on and you get, let's say, an overachiever who is just ready to crash down all the walls, that could create an issue. Yep. Would you say? Absolutely. And you talked about you don't just hire for skills, you hire for personality traits and things like that. And that's why when done properly, a personality profile can be very useful because what's interesting is people think they have great interviewing skills. They're going to be able to figure somebody out an hour interview. It's like a joke and a half. It's a joke. And I'm not suggesting that you should rely upon a personality profile as gospel either. It's just a tool. It gives insights. And frankly, you can have follow-up interviews where you can kind of validate whether those profile evaluations are valid by asking probing questions to see if they match up. And so that's really what's important. I just see so many people shooting themselves in their foot because they're blindly attempting to deal with people and their basically personality traits that are being exhibited in how they speak, how they act, how they perform, the whole bit, when they could really have gotten some better tracks to go on if they had better insights in that. Think about your sales. When you go out and qualify and you meet a prospect and you talked about never telling them about your company and asking them about their company and learning about them, what are you trying to achieve in that time, Lonnie? What do you think? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to understand them, trying to make them more comfortable. I'm trying to make the sale about them so that they'd be comfortable doing business with us, okay? I'm not trying to blow smoke at them or anything of that sort, but I want to know about them. The more I know about them, the more I can do for them. 
that's extremely important for me anyway. But tell me you're not trying to size them up and see what they're made of and what's important to them, what their priorities are. Oh, absolutely. You're asking a zillion questions, but that's how you get information. That's how you size them up. Because you can't close prospect A the same way you close prospect B. They have different needs, even though they might be the exact same size company or whatever. They have different problems and needs, and you've got to uncover those. So let me go back to what you asked. You asked me to give you a couple more, and I can do that. But I would ask our audience to indulge us that even though what we're going to talk about in a minute is about Lonnie and myself as examples, please don't think it as immodest on our part or being more than just trying to share our own personal life experience. Immodest? Immodest? Who's immodest? (laughs) Speaking of modesty, Lonnie, (laughs) I was once given a sign by a client and it said, do you know the frustrating thing about being humble? Do you? No, I've heard this before. I'll let you do it. Not being able to brag about it. <laughs> Perfect. But, Perfect. But moving right along. So I came from an accounting background and I never had any leadership training in my early days. Of I was learning how to be a technician. And I never thought of myself, quite frankly, as a leader. Though I took on leadership roles in many ways. I never really had a self-perception myself as that. But then when I read the books about it, I go, holy gosh, I actually do. I gave myself permission to pursue a path about myself I didn't know was present, to be honest with you. Because what I learned is I'm a helper. I love helping yeah, people. Not that I'm Mother Teresa. It's satisfaction to me. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't need something back to do. It wasn't quid pro quo kind of motivation. And I found a lot of people always coming to me. Even when I was young, I had 50 old people coming to me, asking me questions about their business. And I'm thinking, hell, they should know more than I know. So I said, hmm, so I'm a helper and a bit of a leader. And of course, that's how I got into consulting and got out of accounting because I love being in a position of helping people, empowering them, making them, giving them the tools they needed, helping them get past the obstacles they had at the same time leading him. And then when I read Dr. John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and he said, now you know if you're a leader, look behind you and see who's following. following. Yep. I go, holy That's crap, it. maybe I am. Yeah. And Lonnie, you probably have exactly. the same story. I mean, you don't command leadership. It's one of those things where it's generated. People get it and they'll follow you. You don't have to say a single word except follow me. And then they will. And that's something to think about. It's something to look in a mirror and about and to say, yeah, I guess I'm like that. But it's also the fact that leaders aren't necessarily people who are part of the other group. Some people are just helper givers. And that's not what we are. I can tell you that now. I mean, we help, we give, absolutely. But as you'll find, personalities are complex. And that's why I poo-poo this notion because, yes, I'm a this personality or I'm a that personality, but I'm actually part of a bunch of them. I'm a Venn diagram in notion, my personality. (laughs) And it's where all the circles kind of fit. You know what a Venn diagram is, I'm sure. Absolutely. You're actually leading to my next point. So you're right. Remember I said not putting people in boxes, if you will, or giving them labels. So they use the term wingspan or wings, if you will, that though you have personality, a personality 
type. You actually, none of us is one personality type. Most of us actually have perhaps two or three personality types, each of which have a number of traits within them. So if you could think of the little Chinese fans that people have and they open up what looks like a stick, it opens up into a fan. We actually have multiple traits within that. And the point we want to make today, if there's one thing we're trying to get across, is not just to become aware of them, but to recognize when you can choose how your behaviors will be reflected or impacted by those traits so that you're either one that's positive in the role you have in your business or can perhaps be limiting. And I gave examples earlier of how it can be limiting in the case of the person who never kept an opinion and was always swayed by other people's opinions. So it was never long lasting and looked very indecisive. If we hope for you to get anything out of this, it is that the sensitivity to the people who are across the table from you, that's the important thing. It's trying to, as you're talking to them, be sensitive and try to figure out where they fit in the scheme of things. Because if you talk to them, ask them three or four questions, and how they answer those questions will immediately give you a sense of the kind of individual personality they may have. They'll color it in, but this is important for you to understand. And that's why we titled this Friend yes. of Bo. yes. We keep promising these people, our friends, our listeners, during our podcast at each one, that they'll have at least one practical takeaway. And for those of you who are loyal, skeptical, questioner personality types, by the way, that's a personality type, loyal, who, skeptic, who could questioner, that be? who's who committed, could that be, oh, <laughs> and Lonnie, they're committed, they're loyal, they're secure-ended, but they're also skeptical or suspicious, not that our audience will ever question our motives, okay? <laughs> So you can choose to chalk this one up if you want as way too theoretical or take the curiosity trace of an adventurer, enthusiastic personality type whose driver is to explore the possibilities. Now, the fact that you've listened to all this gibberish for the last 27 or so minutes means you might well be that adventurous enthusiast. That's the people we want, that you're open to discovery. Whether you like it or not or agree or not, at least you're open to considering. Well, here's the thing. Today... I think Stan's given you a pretty good idea of some of this, but for some of you, maybe your eyes have rolled into the back of your head or you've fallen asleep. I'm sorry that you have because you missed a lot of really good stuff here. We can't do justice to this thing in 25 or 30 minutes, but you ought to take a look at some books on the topic. Drop us an email again, as Stan said, at info at sbvirtualroundtables.com because it's a fairly complicated process that you got to go through. And curiosity is a big deal here. You got to continue to learn. And in early part of my career, I poo-pooed these things like you couldn't believe. Later on, there were places I ran that I wouldn't bring anybody in unless they fit a particular kind of culture and a particular kind of personality. I wanted multiple personalities, but I didn't want certain kinds. And that's just me as an individual. So each of you has their own kind of feeling. We hope we've given you at least some thought process that you can go through yourself and take this to another level. And we emphasize, of course, how context can be a determining factor 
as to whether certain traits will work for or against you to achieve your goals, regardless of who's involved in that pursuit. We hope you've enjoyed and had as much fun listening to this thing as we have in producing it. We invite you to share your war stories, ask questions, even request an invitation to be a guest at one of our virtual roundtables. Come take a test drive. See where it can take you and your business. Check us out at sbvirtualroundtables.com. And in fact, we allow you three complimentary visits as our guest so you can be confident it's a mutual fit. And we can promise you'll feel like one of the family sooner than you might expect. For Stan Simpkins, this is Lonnie Shambi, and we're out of here. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business, delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call.